Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor? It's the best place to start your podcast journey from. So, in case you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain and give give you give you guys more information about Anchor. It's free. There's a there's creation tools that allow you to record and and edit your podcast right from your phone or or computer. Anchor will t- distribute the podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many more such prominent platforms. We can we as podcasters can also make money from our podcast with minimum uh listenership. You don't need to build a huge listener base to make money out of a podcast. And simply put, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in just one place or in one platform and most importantly i would urge everyone listening to cricket unplugged to download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm that is anchor a n c h o r .fm to get started on your podcasting journey thank you yeah 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 We all know that the IPL is the biggest event in the world cricketing circuit today. So much so that there are even speculations that the ICC Cricket World T20, which is supposed to be held this year, was kept aside to pave way for the IPL to go ahead. We also know that it started in 2008 and literally changed the face of Indian cricket forever. But what really were the events which led to the start of such an iconic cricket tournament hello everyone and welcome to cricket unplugged where we talk about the game of glorious uncertainties in the last episode we talked about the challenger series a pretty iconic series which is held no more uh, in today's episode we will be talking about another series which was filled with controversies had a much much higher impact Uh, eventually had to be brought down but most importantly it paved way for the biggest game changing tournament in the history of indian cricket which is the indian premier league yes guys we are today talking about the indian cricket league so the indian cricket league to give you a small uh, intro it was a private cricket league and it was uh, funded by the z sports the z entertainment prizes uh that uh, uh, that operated uh, between 2000 and 2007 and 2009 in india so it was a, a tournament which was basically played out of the t20 format yes they also had one tournament which was held in the 50 over match 50 over format and uh, it basically consisted of cricketers from all around the world and uh, especially the indian players of course who were not in the uh, first 14 or 15 if you want to call it so when i talk about foreign players uh, i'm talking about uh, players like brand lara michael bevan marun atapattu of the like so uh, they had a fantastic tournament uh, in the setup in 2007 and then in 2008 it even extended even more uh, with the incoming of the world 11 yeah.
क्रिकेट लीग वाज बिट ऑफ अ फिनोमिनॉन तो व्हाट रियली हैपेंड व्हाट वाज द हिस्ट्री ऑफ दिस टूर्नामेंट सो टू गिव यू अ ब्रीफ अबाउट दिस जी जी स्टूडियोस रियली वांटेड टू हैव द लुक्रेटिव डील ऑफ uh telecasting cricket uh, which happened in india which they could not really convert so what they did is uh, subhash chandra what he did is he thought that uh, he could bring a series uh, which is pretty similar to uh, the cricket the other sports leagues for example if you want to call it which was never really started off in uh cricket now of course we have uh, every country has such a thing but uh, in 2007 it was a new thing so he started off such a tournament called as icl it wasn't really with the blessings of the bcci he actually thought that he could run something he could run almost a board in parallel with them so there was a lot of friction in between and uh, that's how it started off and of course uh, when you have when you are running your houses against the bcci and icci it does not really go so far and uh, that's how uh, it could not go much so rakav uh, i'm sure you'll give us more details regarding the same all the legal issues what happened z telefilms and the new cricket coming into play and then even uh, they them politicizing it with uh, uh, you know pawning sharath pawar against uh, the jagmohan dalmia and all of those uh, yeah. political dramas yes rakav yeah so first of all it's pretty nice to go back to that tournament through this episode because it was actually a fun filled tournament while it while it was been played for a brief span of 2 years so this to go back in time so in uh, 2000 as is said in the uh, prelude to this so as a introduction to this episode the uh, subhas chandra wanted to host the wanted to get the telecast rights of the 1999 cricket cricket world cup and uh, at that time it was it went to world sports corporation so that is was later bought over by sar 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 network and then uh, so his grudge with the bcci started uh, almost before 2000 itself when he lost out that tournament then in 2003 the fresh rights for the indian telecasting rights were open fresh sorry not fresh right so fresh bids were open he apparently bid for uh, in 2003 for a price of 510 million usd but in the last minute bcci found some uh, accounting and auditing issues with the z z group of companies and they they disqualified his bid and that uh, that then again slipped out of his hand only for him to as you brought up the point sarat power so sarat power was the bca president in 2005 i think in the, that three or four year period so in that stage he wanted to take revenge his sole purpose of subhash chandra's existence at that time in the cricket world at least was to take revenge against the bca so he pitted sarat power against jagmohan dalve and he he put all his might in ensuring sarat power becomes the bcci president which he which he 
ended up becoming he also went to one step further he went and proposed sarat pawar's name for icc president as well which also is a post which sarat pawar holds for uh, sorry held for a period of 2 years um, two to three years so subhash chandra was a big force in sarat pawar's rise in the cricket circles so in that phase with all the legal and everything else cleared he was set to take over and get the lucrative indian cricket telecasting rights deal in 2006 2007 only for some legal legal issues which happened in 1996 so as far as one article which i read so i'm not sure if it's exactly true but it says that there are some issues on a personal front so they actually didn't disqualify him but they bcci went ahead and considered nimbus sport which later became neo neo sports as the front runner whereas z corp was actually at at number 1 in terms of the value they put in but they gave neo sports the deal and neo sports got the so so that was the last straw so once you do all the all the possible things you can to come into power and get such a deal so chandra sorry so was chandra he decided to take ultimate revenge and as he i think was probably i would say inspired by kerry kerry packers world uh, series in 1984 85 so he decided to run a parallel uh, cricket board of his own and that's how this tournament was created which actually if you notice in that time when he started the tournament there was no icc world t20 there was no dhoni there was no glory for india in the world t20 which followed the uh, inception of ipl there was no t20 cricket as such it was just coming up in international circuit in england and in australia they just started to add that to the to the calendars at that stage so he was actually a revolutionary of sorts i would call him because he noticed the huge business potential in t20 cricket and he wanted to create a huge league and to his credit he actually did that for a period of 2 years and he was able to convince some of the brightest stars as well as some people some really well known and uh, respected names like nathan astrel chris kens nizam mulak brian lala yes. marwan october to to be fair some of them were at the fag end of their careers so i think they didn't have much to lose by joining this league but still give due credit where you have to give it i guess to subhas chandrai he was able to bring in the names it was not just some league it had the names you had people you follow in international cricket playing in a fancy t20 league it was something very new so i remember it definitely caught my attention although i didn't follow it match by match but definitely i was watching the, the tournament i don't think i need to be apologetic or or to say Definitely. sad about watching the tournament because there's good cricket it was not one sided there are some pretty close games so yes yeah but this was a clear vendetta 
so which was why i sell started and uh, and i think as you perfectly put it once you are pitted against bcci and icc who are not going to give their uh, support for this tournament your existence is almost uh, written when it starts basically so he was actually lucky to have it for the second year is what i feel one year was taking it too far but lucky for them but not for the players that it lasted for two years yes raghav so that was some interesting uh, stream of events which led to the start of the indian cricket league and of course the sudden and quick demise of the same but uh, i would rightly agree with you while saying that uh, definitely there was no need to be apologetic because for us cricket fans it was the uh, it was the first time that uh, we ever had a tournament where your city was being represented by multiple other uh, people especially from australia england new zealand we had all those cricketers dive one was definitely a huge fan of the chennai superstars they were a fantastic team so just like the chennai super kings they were probably the most mm. consistent team in the icl they won the first uh, uh, icl handstand and then the first uh, 50 over version of the same they won it uh, in the other two versions uh, once they uh, lost in the semi finals and the other time they ended as the runners up so they were always there they had a fantastic team and uh, stuart law ian harvey uh, michael bevan to name a few of the foreign mm. he later on rajagopal satish later on uh, represented bombay uh, for the mumbai indians in fact uh, so he played a few matches for them but uh, he was a really really good star that guy he played some wonderful knocks in fact mm-hmm. and uh, chennai super chennai superstars of course uh, they won the first tournament and one one innings which uh, really i remember was uh, uh, it was actually in the uh, 50 over uh, format of the tournament so in the finals chennai mm-hmm. uh, superstars were chasing something like uh, 240 odd uh, to win and then uh, uh, they were very much uh, on 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 the ropes and then finally uh, it all boiled down to a fantastic innings from this uh, uh, ex indian fast bowler named uh, tirunavagar sukumaran so he scored a 30 odd of mm-hmm. very little balls and that really paved way for a victory so if it was some sort of an international tournament or uh, you know any 50 other tournament which is recognized that would have been a you know a fairy tale innings and uh, yes. at the same time uh, in the very first final of the uh, very first final of the icl tournament in 2007 uh, stuart law uh, and uh, ian harvey uh, they both played some really good innings which uh, helped us win and of course from the bowling front uh, this pakistani bowler shabir ahmed really did the mm. game for uh, 
chennai superstar so these are all fond memories which i have had you know in the tournament also i remember um, bran lara playing a few games he was not really uh, uh, i would say he was not really uh, making a huge uh, statement in the tournament it was more in the fag end of his career he had actually he had uh, even retired from international cricket by then but even his presence mm. was there uh, do you um, uh, remember uh, any such fond instances of the same did you have any team which you supported yeah i did i have lot of fond uh, memories of the tournament although while watching the tournament i never supported any team because right. as you rightly said there was no tournament of that sort before the icl came up so although it was slightly easy for you because there's a team from chennai so there was no team from bangalore so i didn't know who to support so i just uh, looked at the players which i actually do even know even for when uh, when the ipl happens i don't support uh, uh, rcb in the ipl just just because they are from bangalore so i don't have that kind of a supporting system or technique i look at the players who are part of a team and then i support them so in that logic the team which caught my eye and which bemuses me now uh-huh. all these years when we went back to look about this tournament for this episode i am shocked to see some of the names in this team and that's uh, lahore lahore batchers so they uh-huh. always caught my fancy when they played a tournament in 2008 uh-huh. but the names if you look at the people who are part of the team it was captained by inzavam ulak and it had batsmen like mohammad yusuf imran farad imran imran nazir they guys who could have taken away the world t20 in 2007 from india so yeah. and he had some outstanding bowlers like mohammad sami who was 220 uh, 230 sorry uh, international wickets then he had f- fantastic all-rounder in Azhar Mehmood. Then you have Ashrat Khan, who I think in one of the previous episodes, I I clearly mentioned that he was uh, somebody who comes to my mind when you uh, look at somebody who d- didn't get his due because he had Saklan Mustaq and uh, Mustaq Ahmed uh, taking all the limelight, followed by Syed Sayyid Ajmal. But he was right in... in, in uh, in between all the three your tall lanky spinner he almost reminds me of a right-handed version of sunuman bin of mercedes <laughs> like absolutely you cannot believe what guy who is so tall and build built will just come not even run almost just walk and i clearly remember arshad khan's action it was hop skip and then probably a jump kind of thing there's no run up as such so but he could really ball well and yeah i have seen him live as well in the 2007 test match india pakistan test match in uh, bangalore so i actually oh, saw all this live at the chinnaswamy stadium so i clearly remember uh, ashad khan toiling away and they didn't have any other spinner in that game so he was only spinner bowling from one end so so there some amazing there was and there is probably somebody who i am i'm sure many people would uh, remember for his match fixing and other controversy but rana navidul hasan but i think there's one 
specific incidents why i remember his name more because he got tonked the most by india so whenever he played especially by sevag so i clearly remember his name so in particular if you have to ask me i don't remember any clear game or performance that comes to my mind but from this tournament's perspective like i said this team caught my attention the most because first of all if you look at the context you have a pakistani team playing in a indian private india uh, indian tournament against indian t20 tournament so that itself piqued my interest 13 years back so because i was surprised that there there could be a pakistan team i was at most to be very honest i was expecting a world 11 kind of a team where they would take three four pakistan players who are going to retire or already call quits so just to make up make a show that we are trying to be inclusive sort of a thing but, but to have a team like this it was definitely enough for me to not become a fan as such but i was watching the games i remember so i don't remember as i said any performance but then other teams for sure i remember ian havi then uh, justin kemp and uh, chris kanes and his controversial uh, statements which he made and if i think we forgot to mention one of the greatest uh, what they call sad sadness when it comes to some players who are such so good but they didn't make it longer shane bond so he was also part of the mumbai chaps so amazing talents it's not just as we talk called the fringe players of every international team piled up and thrown in into a tournament they are players who could win games on their own own merit in the international scene across formats not this t20 across formats this games could win a test match and he has won many test matches on his own yeah so it is a clear case of the the flair and the talent which lahore batsas produced which made me yeah then of course there are i would say they are the most luckiest team in terms of impact post the isl got banned because 90% of the players who are part of this squad either played for pakistan or, or are still around in the first class circuit so i think that is one thing which is good as well for them compared to the other teams so yes lahore batsas for me i would say is a team from icl wonderful wonderful rakam so uh, we uh, we have also uh, mentioned about why it actually came into existence hmm. uh, from the business perspective but uh, let's let's talk a bit from the players perspective so uh, as you rightly put uh, the icl had a huge sect mm-hmm. of players who were able to win not just t20s but test matches by themselves and players who have done mm-hmm. so you're talking about the greatest odi finisher of all time michael bevan then you're talking about mm-hmm. probably the greatest fast bowler greatest kiwi fast bowler never to be shane bond and uh, you're talking mm-hmm. about arguably the greatest left handed uh, batsman in test cricket brand lara so yeah. you had all yeah. these greats uh, at the same time you had these pakistani players you had bangladeshi players yeah. and then you had the so called uh, mm-hmm. fringe players like uh, as i mentioned uh, rajagopal satish 
அந்த திருநாவுக்கரசு குமரன் ஜெயபிரகாஷ் யாதவ் லெட்ஸ் அனதர் ஆல்ரவுண்டர் இன் தி லாங் லிஸ்ட் ஆஃப் பீப்புள் டெஸ்டட் பை இந்தியா டியூரிங் தட் பீரியட் ஃப்ரம் டூ தௌசண்ட் Uh, let's say 2005 to 2010 during that period yeah. when they were searching for mm-hmm. a wicketkeeper batsman they were they lucked out with tony you know for more than a decade they got him and uh, the test for the the, the testing for uh, an all rounder kept on and uh, jayprakash yadav was one of those then he stopped and he came back mm-hmm. we also had uh, hemang badani in it and rohan gavaskar so clearly there were many prominent faces uh, who played for india who actually opted to come and play for the icl you know knowing that it is a series which might be against uh, the views of uh, bcci and the icc but they still did now what uh, could be the reason for them doing that and uh, have those uh, uh, spots been covered of course with the ipl definitely Uh, a great deal of players are getting a much higher exposure to the game in its highest format yet but uh, what could have been the reasons for them to come here and uh, what are what are the repercussions of uh, such a such a thing and also also to add on to that we have we heard uh, suresh raina saying that people who are not in the yeah. was contract of players of the bcci they should be allowed to play foreign uh, league no. so yes, yes, yes another yes. such double thing might also happen what do you think so my opinion it is a clear cut case of players who knew that they were not uh, exactly banging the doors of national selection especially when it comes to indian players who who opted to join the icl so look at j uh, jp yadav ron ron gaskar he had the he was part of the 2003 4 series to australia he didn't do much so and then hemen badani to be fair at that time was at the far end of his uh, of his career so there are a lot of players who didn't have a pedestal like the ipl now so at that time we need to again re re emphasize to who all are uh, going to be listening to this podcast that uh, that time when we are talking is 2006 7 a there was no ipl so there was no backup for these players so they were either in a contention for the national team or they were slogging their ass off in the ranji trophy tirelessly scoring runs taking wickets but not not able to make it to the indian team so they saw this as a great great avenue where they could earn good money and hopefully because the rift between subhas chandra and bcci went into court only in 2008 2007-8 so the first season was actually fairly less controversial than the second so they actually probably would have felt this tournament could have propelled them to national national uh, glory and to be fair it's not wrong on them i would say maybe how long will you try to buy national selection only not to get picked 
so that was one thing and and the clear cut case where if you don't have support of bcci you are going to get into severe severe trouble and that's what happened to the players who are part of the icl so after the legal mess got sorted out bcci decided to reprimand 71 players part of icl but there are actually 130 plus players who joined the icl indian from indian perspective so the bcci did a case by case study and allowed only 71 to get back into the first class circuit again and only player only two players come to my mind who made it to the indian team post being part of icl are ambati raidu and stuart bini and stuart bini i don't think i don't i don't want to waste my time talking about him but ambati raidu is certainly somebody who was uh, i would say unfairly left out of the 2019 world cup squad so he got at least been part of the squad squad is what i felt but he was doing good so here's a success story of somebody who took the plunge went to the icl got banned served his ban and then came back into the ranjeev uh, uh, scene hit scored runs and then was picked for india but he is not there are not many people as as lucky as him take for instance the bangladesh team so as you rightly said there was world 11 bangladesh 11 india and pakistan 11 so bangladesh 11 the people who played for bangladesh 11 all players were banned for from playing any form of cricket for 10 years so he had somebody like uh, aftab ahmed i'm so sure you will remember him he is a opening batsman extremely talented he was uh, touted to be the next mohammed Ashraful in the early two two thousands, and he was part of the famous uh, win in Cardiff when uh, Bangladesh beat uh, Australia in the Nato series. This is pre just a few weeks be- before the epic two thousand five Ashes series started in England. So in that tournament, Aftab Ahmed and Mohammad Ashraful were the champions for Bangladesh in that series of two hundred and fifty seven. Well, after I mean, he hit 63, I think. If I'm not, I don't remember exactly. But he was a star for them in a Bangladesh circle. Certainly, he was a star. He had the talent. So, including him, there was some severe ban being put. Mohammad Rafiq is one player who also was part of uh, this league. So, he was their frontline left-hand spinner. So, they were banned from playing any form for 10 years. Pakistan also banned the players for about three to five years, and then they actually uh, revoked the ban. I I'm not sure about the story from a Pakistan point of view. From Bangladesh, I am clearly can say that they are they were robbed of some serious talent. So I don't know why they did it from a Bangladesh point of view. Only reason which comes to my mind now is. Uh, the the financial if you throw a what do you call million dollar contract or something something in that range to a young bangladesh lad who is who is promising i'm sure he'll take that over playing for his country especially when you look at bangladesh in the early 2000s they are not winning anything they are not even a competition in my opinion now they are a competition and they are actually much more than that 
if you look at the one day team one day t20 team so this is completely different bangladesh in years back so i am i don't blame them but uh, they knew what they are going into so they were not getting into icl blind blind blindfolded they said no they will take me back i'm sure they realized there's something horrible coming their way but 10 years was a bit too harsh but yeah that's how it is and he had many players who uh i would say three four of them like uh, india conservative rajgopal satish abu nasim ahmed one fast bowler extremely talented fast bowler then he had justin kem from south africa and ian harvey so these four players i would specifically put because they were at the peak of their form when it comes to cricket in terms in justin kem captain south africa in the 2020 and then he went to rice so i don't know what's wrong with him actually now if you look at it why did he do that i'm not sure but they are at peaking so there is a peak for every every sportsman and every cricketer it happens at different stages for each player so these four names why i bought them was they were peaking at the time they reached icl so they had fantastic icls but sadly they are not banned by the cricket boards so they went back into the first class circuit but they never never made it back justin kem came back and he was a lame lame that he was a easily hitable bowler in the south african batting lineup which was completely one uh, one dimensional in 2007-8 which had the likes of pollock mckayntini andrew hall andre nil and then justin kem everybody is right arm medium fast there's no dimensional attack so you had carriers being robbed almost were there at their best in a tournament which nobody wants to talk about even uh, in a jest or a, in a in a joking matter because it's almost a taboo no i say in my opinion so sad so repercussion that would be the most sad in my opinion when you see people like chris kens rasin kemp satish it's a big loss they could have they could have done better i felt post the icl to at least make a mark i don't know rajgopal satish i do remember him playing for mumbai indians but he was a far cry from what he was in the icl to be fair he was much could have made it to the indian team so this is a sad thing that their best wicket happened in this tournament but uh, i guess it is that's how it is i mean so some people do want to break away from the norm i guess so these <laughs> are the brave people did that at at that time unfortunate for them that they didn't know what was coming up because if they knew that ipl was coming up i don't think any of the big stars would have shown interest how much or money subhas sandra would have thrown thrown at them i don't think they would have come to the icl but as i said icl was much before ipl so we cannot exactly put complete onus on these players but some of them it like i like uh, aftab ahmed or imran imran nazir for that matter yeah, he was at his best 2004 to 7 i don't know why he he took a jump to go and play in icl he could have easily still be playing i think he was 18 or 19 i'm not sure when the icl is happening 
he could still be playing, been playing, and probably be a opener or a middle order batsman now. Probably he is an amazing talent. So I'm actually in uh, almost thinking in my mind, uh, Babar Azam on one end and and Imran Nazir on the other. If only Imran Nazir had used his brain and not gone to the, I said he could have been that person. So Pakistan who needs somebody in the middle order. especially in mondays who can accelerate as well as probably control the innings imran nazir had that imran farhat as well as be very good opening batsman this carriers robbed carriers everything robbed just because they went to rsl so tough very tough on the players but they knew what they are getting into so i would i would say that is a way to end this I think they knew what they were getting into, so you cannot sympathize with them as well. So. No, absolutely. Right, rightly put up points. Yeah, Rakhav. Um, through the ICL has been a, a really game-changing series. To be fair, uh, as we mentioned, it also gave the birth for the IPL. Uh, also it it really gave us a glimpse of what a global tournament like uh, icl can really give uh, in terms of exposure for the youngsters of course uh, they did not see the nostradamus card they could not foresee what was coming with the ipl and definitely if they knew that they would have kept their instincts back and uh, really waited for the big thing to happen but yes that's sometimes how things go in life isn't that you never really cannot yeah. predict what might happen in the future and more often than not exactly less wondering mm. what could have been if we did not quite do it so i think it was a it's a fantastic part uh, talking about this uh, it's forgotten league uh, the indian cricket league and mm. just like our previous episode uh, about uh, the champion i mean uh, the champion series so i really hope uh, for the next pod also we can bring in something which is really interesting at the same mm. time quite forgotten to uh, any any closing comments raga yeah what i would say is like for people who i think who became fans of, of cricket post the emergence of the ipl you need to they need to understand that ipl was not uh, exactly narendra modi's brain cell so it Absolutely. was a creation of icl meets nfl plus nba if you look at the auctioning oh. player auction system bringing in private uh, companies and bringing in your bollywood stars to own team so it's a mix of glamour entertainment or as they call it cricketainment so that's a perfect example of ipl or perfect way to describe ipl but we must not forget what icl actually did so that's how i would like to end it by saying that icl actually bought about few positive changes which actually woke up uh, bcc which was in slumber in 2006 7 8 that phase because they had the money even then as they do now so they have complete control of the world cricket now 
but they were i would say a very big force even in 2007-8 so they could have started something like this even before the icl came about so i think they realized that if a person like subhash chandra with with very little support from bcci and icc would get grades like nizam mulak brian lara shane bond barwan attapattu and many other unknown upcoming stars to be part of a privately owned t20 tournament why can't we do it so that that seed of ipl came through icl so people may not want to accept it but that's a fact that is a clear fact and one more important thing which has changed indian cricket apart from of course the ipl and its popularity the exposure which ipl brings in so that is obvious facts but the other very important thing which i would like to close this uh, uh, very good episode i would say on icl on a topic of icl is the fact that icl bought in a much more balanced pay pay structure in indian indian cricket which was Absolutely. missing before the icl started so i think we need to give credit to icl for making sure that people who don't play for india or who are only ranji stars even they get a good amount of money and annually that was a by product of what icl offered to these players so i think it's a good way to end by saying that yes icl was doomed from the start because it didn't get the support of bcci or the icc so it was bound to happen that they are going to fade away it's it they lasted for 2 years but i would say take out take the positives as what i i have clearly put out here there are two clear positives and uh, i think we need to look at how it happened i think as as you call it we when you look back on hindsight we can say people could have done things this that but of course now we have the ipl and for people who are looking and who are desperate in uh, need of some cricket because they don't find test cricket uh, worthy worth their time even during the lockdown situation and the pandemic i don't see much interest in england west indies the series apart from the first game maybe so for people who are desperate for ipl you can you can expect ipl to happen soon so i think cheer, those people can cheer up and <laughs> and probably go back and maybe read about the icl after this uh, uh, episode so i will say that's why i will i will I'll end it here exactly there are no ifs and buts in the game of cricket nor in life uh, i think the indian cricket league was a tournament which exemplifies that dialogue in uh, both the aspects thank you raghav it was mm-hmm. amazing having this uh, conversation with you thank you so much thank you thank you so much it was great time yeah thanks